Champion Conversation Podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This podcast series provides a space for some fabulous people to share their stories and find a voice within our ever-changing world. It is a space that simply encourages sparky conversations, because there is most definitely always something to be learned from every interesting conversation, however unscripted. At its heart, this podcast is built on the belief that each of us experiences the world in our own unique way, meaning that we all have our own story to share. The Coffee and Conversation podcast aims to uncover a range of perhaps previously unheard stories in an informal, engaging way, so that we can all connect, explore, grow and learn from the great people behind these tales. Happy listening! My guest this week is Jonathan Dempsey, founder and director of Red Laces, a progressive management consultancy built around the tagline of creativity in a world of risk. Jonathan uniquely blends his early career in environmental health, where he mentored businesses in food hygiene, health, safety and environmental law, with more recent executive roles with market leaders across hotel and leisure, logistics, bioscience research, student accommodation and live theatre. With an MBA, chartered status and fellow of an international risk institute, his expertise is significant, and yet it's actually his passion for creativity and his obvious care for others which are so striking. Jonathan is currently enjoying time in lockdown to create a huge variety of original content across five social media platforms, which has included a global mental health awareness campaign in which I was involved. So welcome, welcome Jonathan to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Um, it is a grey and kind of, yeah, damp sort of day with lots of midges around up here in Scotland. Um, so, so yeah, welcome. It's great to talk to you. And so where are you, where are you in the world? Hi, um, I'm in Warwickshire, just on the edge of Coventry in Warwickshire. And after three or four days of, uh, I think, autumn, I could describe it as a dark grey autumn. Actually, the sun is just coming out just now. Uh, it must be something to do with this coffee and conversation. Absolutely, yeah. We're bringing a little light to the world. <laughs> and I Absolutely. Think it's quite, yeah, and it's quite interesting. Um, just to, th- I, you know, I usually start by kind of describing how I meet, you know, how I know the people that I'm talking to. And, uh, you know, you and I haven't ever met in person. We connected on Twi- uh, LinkedIn, actually, wasn't it? Um, it was. And the first message you sent me actually had a virtual coffee. Um, so it's sort it did. Of, yeah so it sort of feels like we're you know we're gradually working towards actually meeting for a proper coffee um but yeah I'm sat with my my regular black coffee and I know you've got a, a quite a nice looking coffee actually in front of you yeah mine uh so the I created a little uh it's just experimenting which part of my creativity and uh I've got my own coffee maker at home with uh, got his and hers grinders uh, because my wife has decaf and I have regular so uh, but I was just experimenting with TikTok so I took one of my, my coffees that I'd made um, put it into TikTok added some uh, music to it and a bit of creativity and then I've turned that into a bit of an advert so I've tended to do this quite a lot now when I when I meet people on LinkedIn for the first time I suppose a bit like a, a 21st century uh, business card is a hi how are you and uh, it, it's just a little something nice a bit of something creative yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it definitely stuck in my mind and particularly resonated because of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. <laughs> so yeah, it feels quite apt that we're, we're, we're uh, finally talking over, <laughs> over Zoom and the, the joys of wondrous technology these days. Um, as always, we'll, we'll, as we go through the conversation, we'll get a little bit more of an insight into to you and you know, your approach and, and what we're going to talk about. But as ever, I invite my guests to start with a quote. Um, so if you'd like to and I know you've brought one along, if you'd like to share your quote with us, and then we'll see where the conversation takes us after that. Yeah, the quote uh, that I'd like to share is from Herman Melville, and it's that it's better to fail in originality than it is to succeed in imitation. 
And the reason I've chosen that, I'm not really one for quotes, um, but I had a little look in in preparation for this and it just resonated with me because um, that creativity, innovation, wanted to try something new, having the confidence to having the confidence to try something new and actually being prepared to feel vulnerable in, in actually, well, it might not work, but just let's have a go. Um, is something that uh, that it resonates with me. Excellent. And I think it, it does feel quite apt because um, I think, you know, the, the things that we're going to talk about today are um, creativity and risk, I think it sums, sums up. Um, and do you just want to give us a little bit of, give the listeners a little bit of an insight into kind of your... Know, a brief background insight um sorry and as ever my my mum's trying to facetime me so she's just messaged me saying sorry <laughs> forgot you were busy <laughs> so there we go the joys of technology things in straight away so that was that was hello amazing. jane's mum yeah. hello jane's mum <laughs> and she listens to all the podcasts so she'll she'll definitely appreciate that so i'm definitely leaving that bit in um so yeah perhaps just give us a little bit of an insight into um you know your background your I don't know your work your passions and and you know why that quote in particular around kind of creativity has has you know has stuck in your mind as you've been looking yeah the well my, my background's environmental health so in my early career I was an environmental health officer so uh, regulating and coaching and mentoring businesses in food hygiene health and safety and environmental law uh, so a lot of professional uh, technical skills uh, successfully prosecuted in all of those uh, but but mostly it was about coaching and mentoring and adding value to people. So very much a people-based profession. I then went into uh, a range of blue chip uh, market leaders in, in different sectors. And I've always um, found myself, um, I suppose, breaking new ground and, and going into ambiguity. So I've tended to have roles that have been newly created where the employer doesn't know what needs to be done, but they hand it over to me. So uh, in, in one organization I went into as a... Um, or head of technical services, horticultural services, uh, project manager for a £3 million building refurbishment programme. Um, I don't know, about 40 staff that I was sort of looking after. I was also then um, taking on um, management of radioactive substances, so unsealed radioisotopes in laboratories. Wow. Um, and, then, and then we had some issues with badges. So I had to apply for a licence to interfere with badger sets from Natural England. Uh, we had some issues with deer eating the, the crops, um, so I had to come up with a deer culling policy for that. Um, in the in, in the uh, in a youth uh, hostel organisation I was in, I went in as head of safety, health, environment, quality. And I was asked to take on safeguarding child protection. <laughs> so, so straight away onto the NSPCC, like, what do I need to know? And, and so I've always been thrown into situations that are unfamiliar and uncharted, uh, and then done something very very different and special with them. And I just uh, at the start of this year, I was released from an organisation um, because of essentially being two years ahead of where where they were. And I thought, well, for, for the first time, I just need to set up a brand that really embodies the the approaches that I bring to businesses and the creativity, and and, and just bring that to life. And essentially, that's what Red Laces is. So, red, when I think of risk, I'd be interested to know what you think of when you hear the term risk. But similar with health and safety with risk a lot of people will hear um internally compliance or rules or control or status quo or all those kind of things or the kind of controlling or negative or avoiding avoiding something bad happen and for me with with i'm being chartered in environmental health chartered in safety and health um being a fellow of the international institute of risk safety management but also having an mba and being very business focused i wanted to bring something that 
really starts to take things forward, but it enables people to see a very different world. Um, and so Red Laces, the tag- tagline is creativity in a world of risk. So rather than starting with risk, we're starting with creativity. And that in itself should be a conversation starter. And actually the Red Laces itself, the name comes from my Red Laces. <laughs> so so when I... Excellent. Um, yeah, so I, was wearing, I wear this uh, a blue, well, pre-lockdown, I was wearing the, a blue suit, it's a Hugo Boss suit. I got a, a, um, a kind of sharp white shirt, which you see in my LinkedIn profile and with the profile photos, uh, and these blue shoes with red laces. And, it, and it's a talking point, so at a networking event or wherever it might be, people comment on that. And it never really, whilst I know I look different from other people, I'd never quite thought about it in those terms. So when I came up for a name of the of the brand, the consultancy, I didn't want my name in it, and I certainly didn't want safety or risk or anything in there, but which for me would be limiting. It wouldn't cover a fraction of what the brand's about. But for me, red laces actually as a vision, it's something that's visual. Mm-hmm. It's something that resonates that people can talk to, um, and it embodies that creativity. So then go with creativity in a world of risk as a a as a strap one as a tagline and the world part is element as well um, is is critical because that's that world element of it embodies the global perspective uh, the different nations uh, different demographics of the gen z so again that innovation um we can bring that out mm, so essentially absolutely. that's 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 why and that then is a different conversation from control and from audit Absolutely. And it just comes to, there's a, a, there's a whole host of questions and, and thoughts sparked in my head, um, but a couple that connect back actually to a previous podcast uh, with Nigel Bardi. Um, we were talking about the outdoors and you know, he was very much talking about risk in the outdoors and um, how actually learning through risk as well, and, yeah. you know, yeah. how it's actually a really valuable tool. And certainly, you know, I think it really, you know, it intrigued me when I saw your um, LinkedIn message around this creativity and risk, because they almost feel like two different ends of the spectrum yeah Um, yeah. but actually you know when we've been chatting briefly and you know a little bit of an insight into it I think that idea of seeing risk from a different perspective and starting to embrace it almost as part and so it's something that happens and it's everywhere so actually instead of maybe pigeonholing it off and seeing something as bad and to be avoided actually if we can understand some of that then perhaps there are broader solutions uh, which again fits into some other conversations I've had through the, the conversation, the Coffee and Conversation podcast around perspective and the need for diversity yep. of thinking. Um, so yeah. yeah, it does intrigue me that idea of creativity on one hand and and risk and you know how the two start to. So, so let's let's talk. I don't know theoretically. Let's say you know I've I've come to you for the first time and maybe you know maybe I've been. I don't know, asked to write a health and safety policy or do something or assess my workplace or my environment for you know challenges and things like that what are the sort of approaches that you might be able to to bring and you know what might be the sort of questions that you would um encourage me to think about um to begin to explore risk from your new creative perspective so bringing my professional knowledge and and expertise around health and safety um i would the first thing i would seek to do would be to take away the fears that you are likely to have mm-hmm. it's something i focused on a lot more recently and well, actually the subject of the insta live we did on friday was taking the fear away from compliance mm-hmm. now compliance isn't a word that i normally use in my vocabulary uh, any more than health and safety is but I, I also understand that i need to talk to my audience and, and use the language that my audience would use so in a, in an in a business setting 
a lot of people, a lot of businesses will think of health and safety or risk or COVID secure and all these kind of things as a compliance activity. And, and with that, by and large, it's it's not something that's a natural part of their business that they know about. So and, and there's likely to be a fear of what if I get this wrong? I don't know what I need to do. What if I get this wrong? What if I get sued? What if somebody has an accident? What if you know, all, all the kind of what ifs? Um, so the first thing I'll do is actually almost this coffee and conversation is, is get a sense of where the person is, where the business is. And rather than starting with the law and the rules, which, which I can advise on, and so I don't need to talk about it, I can just do that in the background. What I start off with is the, the brand, the values, What's the business trying to achieve? What's its, what's its operating environment? What's going on there? And very quickly understand that. From that, very quickly understand what, what is the core risk profile for that business. So if it's a logistics business, then you know workplace transport is going to be a key one. Contractor safety, worker height, they're going to be in your top three straight away. Manual handling and ergonomics is going to be your know, third of lost time injury is going to be through that. If it's student accommodation market leader, then you know, fire safety as a sleeping accommodation is going to be the number one. So if we work out what those core risks are at a high level, almost at like a macro level, and then work at a quick gap analysis of where are they? What, what, what's the burning platform need to work on now? And then start taking a more strategic and holistic approach to it collaborating very strongly across the organization and then helping the business take that forward. Now, can I can either do that as an interim director of risk or safety environment or actually provide some consultation around that or provide a report, whatever is required. Similarly, with a small business, I can actually come in and support them putting together some infrastructure. But the key thing initially, where the starting point for most businesses is that compliance focus and that compliance fear. So, so my, my aim is to, or what I would achieve then, is to start with the compliance, take that away, take the fear away, and then change the narrative. Mm. Change the narrative so we no longer have compliance as the part by vocabulary because that's the minimum. The law can only require the minimum standard. It can't require you to be good. So, so if you're if you're looking to uh, companies looking to guarantee you compliance around health or safety, you're aiming for bronze. And if you don't get bronze, you're not on the podium. Yeah. So if you're a market leader and you care about your customers and you're you're out there to be the best in your market and you're proud of or aspiring for compliance, there's a disconnect and you don't understand what you're saying. And actually, compliance is a myth anyway, in my view. So the change the narrative to risk, opportunity, and growth. So you'll see within a lot of red con- related content, uh, hashtag risk opportunity growth, and that's what I focus on. So understanding risk in a dynamic sense, the fact that it emerges, the fact that it's transient, it's not something to control, it's something to embrace and and work with and make choices on and, and develop. And then look at opportunities in there that can also support growth. Mm. So, so whereas compliance is about avoiding a negative, risk opportunity growth is about being progressive and being forward-looking. Mm. So if I take the analogy of, do you, do you follow football or, or any other oh, kind yes. of... Oh, yes, football, yeah. I don't, I don't confess my team, but... Go on, who's your team? I, I'm, my brother, we're big Evertonians in our family. So, okay. Uh, okay. so yeah, so we're sort of... Commi- yeah, it's a very strange week this week to see Liverpool <laughs> finally getting the finally getting the title, and you're kind of like, you know, reluctant and begrudgingly kind of going, okay, yeah, but yeah, Everton's my Everton's yeah. in my heart, so there you go. Everton, okay, so so you're feeling a little bit sore with the the news of Liverpool. Well, uh, Coventry City are my team, and we've just been promoted. Uh, 
out of League One, actually, yeah. as champions into the championship. So uh, maybe change your blue to a sky blue for, sky for the blue. purpose of this you know, goal. Interesting. So yeah, I, I remember Coventry winning the uh, the FA Cup um, yeah. many years ago. And uh, and actually, I've read a book about... So, uh, there was a guy who went and followed Coventry City for a number of years. Um, so, yeah, I can't remember the name of the book, but there's a really interesting book about the, about behind the scenes at Coventry <laughs> City. So I'll have to dig that out and send it to you afterwards. Um, anyway, we digress. So back to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, I do so, follow football so, in a simple answer. So, so, but if you if, just to put it use the analogy, then if you think of compliance as um, you know ten men behind the ball trying not to concede a goal, mm-hmm. that's compliance. Yeah, you're 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 doing what you can to to part the bus and stop the goal. You know, stop conceding a goal. Risk, opportunity, growth. Risk is about getting some real understanding about your shape, your tactics, how you're going to play, and your. If you think of somebody like, say, a Gaza or or, or any of you, know, you know, some of our better playmakers, uh, you're you're thinking about opportunity. You're thinking about how can I be. This is where the creativity comes in. How can I explore and find opportunities in in that risk portfolio? Is there something where I can create a USP? Is there something where I can turn a negative into a positive? And how do I how do I look at this in the context of growth? So again, the growth to so start with the growth. So, so this again is so why I start with strategy and brand. So rather than, rather than in say in a medium or large size organisation, rather than risk being a or health or safety or fire safety, rather than these being functional tasks or functional activities delegated to a silo, that let's face it, quite often. Acts, thinks and acts in a silo and isn't renowned for let's say strong collaboration why don't we start with a c-suite start with what is our strategy for growth what are the opportunities for for growth and and keep that thinking all the way through mm. and that way you're you're taking a more holistic approach you're involving hr you're involving communications you're involving sales and marketing you're involving all those key thinking and, and what you're doing then is you're adding risk opportunity and growth almost as a flavor, mm. almost as an ingredient. So it's not a functional silo, it's a mindset. And as I'm listening to you talk, it's, you know, my head is sort of building on that football analogy and, and you know, the work that, or my experience within sport in particular and coaching, and there's actually a lot of language that you're using that, mm. you know, a lot of coaches or sports people that are listening will be able to um, resonate with in terms of, um, you know, um, even going back to your your quote about you know almost that you know yeah it's better to to fail in in experimenting or whatever the word was and you know really trying to say look it's it's okay to try something and maybe not succeed that's learning yeah. and it's how yeah. you create that environment and the other thing that's really um, resonated from and what I really like about what you talked about so far is that idea of actually almost the first job the first part of that conversation is to alleviate fear or actually. Yeah provide an environment where it's okay to talk about what your fears are yes and what you're afraid of and 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 you know present those what if scenarios actually okay what's the worst what's the worst case scenario what you know what could possibly go wrong and be able to actually openly talk about those things in order then to be able to say okay well let's build and and how we move on um and I think that doesn't just for me and I know certainly from the other things that you're involved in that's that feels like something that's that you're taking into other areas as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we take. I mean, to to root it in, to really ground it with a uh, a market leader in a, you know, in a in a say a high hazard, high risk 
um, sector. I mean, I did this with uh, with the board. Um, actually, I was brought in to a, a situation where the health safety executive were investigating a major accident. Um, the board or the HR director that brought me in and the operations board for the UK were concerned. Yeah, they were they were, they were seriously concerned. Let's use that as, as kind of mild language, um, and did not know what to do. So. Because I've got the professional experience, the technical experience, and the people skills, and the, and the confidence to sometimes say things that people wouldn't expect to hear, but I'll say it anyway because it's the right thing to say. So one of the first things I said was, you know, they'd been asked to do a. They said they'd been asked by the health safety executive to carry out a workplace transport risk assessment. Now they didn't know if that what that actually was. Uh, they had appointed a, a consultancy. Uh, to come and do that for them, and they were going to pay £11,000 or so for this activity. So on day one, I said, okay, well, give me the details of, of those consultancy are. I'll, I'll meet with them because, of course, I want to support them and be a part of it. I met this consultancy on site later on in the week, uh, asked them a few questions, and I was confident that they were not going to create what I felt was suitable, uh, and I could do a lot better with the teams myself um, and save the business £11,000 literally my first couple of days. Um, so I said, suggest this to the board. The board said, no, look, we hear what you're saying, appreciate that, but we don't know you from anybody and we need to make sure the HSC are happy with what we do. So I said, yeah, we had this conversation where I said, look, you don't need to do what the health and safety executive tell you to do. Okay, and that sounds controversial. In fact, I even said, I don't think you should do what the health and safety executive tell you to do. What my advice is that we come up with a plan where we take ownership of our risks, we take we know our business, we take ownership of our risks, we put together a plan that we will deliver at pace with some clear measurables and we will really show our commitment and we'll present that to the HSC for them to endorse that plan. And they kind of looked at me puzzled because that just, just didn't sound, what, you know, of course you're supposed to do what the regulator tells you, but because of course I've been a regulator, I mean I've, I've, I've regulated health safety, I've had the same powers as the HSE inspectors. Um, so I said, look, this will work. And it did. Because what it showed, the HSC was, look, you're a big outfit and you're right in the firing line for being prosecuted because you're not taking this seriously. But you show me that you show us that you're taking responsibility for this, then of course we will endorse that because that's what we want you to do. And again, having been a regulator, one of the things I'm keen to emphasize through Red Laces is to not fear the regulator. So as well as me helping to take the fear out of compliance for businesses. It's not that I'm waving a magic wand. I'm looking to change the narrative and change the perspective. Because if we had every single small, medium, and large business in the UK not in a position of fearing a regulator, whether that be a fire officer or, or any regulator, if they start, if we could wipe that fear out overnight today, tomorrow we would have a very different world. Mm. Because when you, when how many of us can perform anything like our best when we're starting in a position of fear? I don't think we can. No, so then no, to bring, so no. then to go into the the other boundaries, the other areas that you say. So taking that into mental health, uh, and I don't know if you, I've never really followed rugby, but Danny Schoolthorpe. I don't know if you if you're mm -hmm. familiar with him, uh, a rugby legend, rugby rugby league legend. He now does a lot of work around um, suicide prevention, and of course, having been a, a rugby league player and have a lot of challenges by himself, he does a lot of work, particularly in the construction world. Mm -hmm. Again, macho environment, you know, where it's hard to talk, it's hard to be open. Uh, and, the, and there hasn't always been the opportunity, the environment to be open and to mm -hmm. share. 
So if you start in that position, how bad is that? And the suicide rate in construction is is, is, is very high, as, as we know. So again, being able to support, and Danny's a, a friend of Red Lace as well, has already supported our mental health campaign and also will be supporting our risk campaign as well. So being able to engage and, and get the support of other people who are trying to do the right thing as well. I have no, no experience in mental health other than my own personal challenges. But through Red Laces, because for me, it's all about people. It's about changing that narrative. If we can start to get people to open up and create the environment where it's okay to, it's a much healthier place. Mm, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's something certainly that, you know, almost it's a, a bit of a, it's the theme. So we've got, you know, there's creativity and risk in terms of that you know, those two ends of the spectrum was where we started yeah. the conversation. Yeah. But actually almost, I, I kind of have got this image in my head of surrounding that. It's like this this culture of, um, you know, I, I use a maybe a, a research term that I've come across, psychological safety, which is about yeah, yeah. creating the environment whereby, you know, you are removing the fear. Actually, you're creating an environment where, yes, there's accountability, so there's some ownership and there's yep. some, you know, there's some real kind of people taking you know, having agency but also taking responsibility but each yeah. equally they're doing that in a culture whereby um you know experimentation is encouraged trying new things is encouraged creativity is encouraged and the reason that they're able to do that is because that fear has gone yeah. um so that you know that definitely you know, i'm starting to maybe piece piece things together in my my mind yeah, it's, yeah it's really interesting just um you know our, our two worlds are very different in terms of i suppose sport and coaching for me and you know environmental health and all of your experiences but actually yeah. there's some real common language around you know safety in terms of that cultural safety um and creating those uh, spaces where people can talk and you know remove that fear of whether it's getting something wrong or or just having a go um, or just yeah. you know taking that first step which i think is really yeah really interesting yeah i mean there's a, there's a lot to certainly in the in the world of health and safety particularly in the uk there's a lot of uh, talk around safety one safety two psychological safety there's a lot there's lots of these kind of almost sub brands of what safety is about and, and to be fair I, I kind of hear them and actually i don't I just hear them. So you, you don't find uh, in any Red Laces content any reference to, to any of those. I, I kind of, you know, I'm authentic in, in what, I, what I do. So so the the ideas that I put across and the things that I put into Red Laces, this isn't something that's just come back in the last six months or the last year or so. This this was always me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just now me coming out in, in you know, basically online in the social mm-hmm. media uh, through through a brand. And, and, it's, and it's actually been, it's very strange we haven't got children so i've never had that kind of literally creating something to see watching it grow and seeing what it turned out like so when i started red laces and i put out my first couple of posts i didn't know if i'd run out of ideas by the end of the first week and i had no i literally had no idea what it would look like so i played with tiktok and i'd have a go here and i try something on instagram and i try something different and and actually now a few months on i look back and i think wow you know, the variety and different things i've tried, you know, I tried a swipe file uh, it's one of these little things on LinkedIn where there's like three or four little slides. You, you, you slide it across, slide it across. So I did a simple one of them on risk assessment. Again, just trying a different format of content. And and, the, and again, three tips on risk assessments, health daily risk assessment. Um, and but number one, it's people, not forms. Mm. Now I wasn't going to write. So there's nothing on in red laces that I'm, that you'll see anywhere else because I'm not recreating anything else because. Because I don't need to. There's plenty of professional bodies where you can go and get, you know, the the, the basics of health as they do the basics of fire or basics of risk. So I'm not looking to recreate things. So, so when I put something out there, it's 
it's me, it's my thoughts, my ideas, and, and it's red laces. So start, you know, I can write the risk assessment, but it's more important that before you think about filling in a risk assessment form, you start with people. Mm. You start with understand because unless you understand the context, it means nothing. So yeah. if you write the best risk assessment in your office and you've got 20 or 30 or 40 sites around the UK, a risk assessment means nothing. Similarly, what's going on on the loading bay in your warehouse at two o'clock in the morning? If you do your risk assessment in the daytime and you've got no idea what's really going on and what the activities are at two o'clock in the morning, risk assessment's meaningless. But if you start with the context and it's okay to say, it's okay to work out what you do know and what you don't know. And again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on people in safety or risk-related roles to, to be the experts, to have all the answers and to do it and get it right for the business. Whereas actually it should be more about facilitating and asking the questions and finding out more, mm-hmm. recognising that a risk assessment is not a document you fill in and then review once a year because the reviews that people do once a year are usually a tick box exercise. But you, might, you imagine a risk assessment that you did in a hotel uh, last November and you review them every year. I mean, the worldwide wow, yeah. pandemic has just happened in yeah. between. But if you review it in November, I mean, so there's something about risk management. And so I use the term usually risk management. So yes, risk assessments are part of it. And there are legal obligations around that, of course. But if we think about risk and risk management in its, in its more general and more fluid sense, mm-hmm. then actually we understand that this dynamic. So if we put in a new payroll system, if you have a new IT strategy, whatever it might, all the things are going on in a business. If we have a different product line, if we have a, an outage, if we have a major fire, uh, if there's an opportunity to go into a new market, risk and all that is is part of the conversation. So let's get more people involved in it. And if um, I don't know if you saw recently, but for the the double IRSM, I did a I was asked to do a top five um, tips on communication. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I put that out there. And again, one of the elements I put in there was about collaboration. And being and proactively mm-hmm. collaborating so that you can design risk in. So if you're again quite often a, a risk-based team or a health and safety-based team will be implementing the policies and procedures. But how curious are you about what else is going on in the business? So if HR are coming up with a brand new HR system, what impact does that have on operational safety risk? But also what opportunity could it have? Because if you look at sickness absence, in most large businesses, I've been in particular, sickness absence is not well recorded and it's not well managed. Occupational health is generally not well integrated into the business. And reporting of manual handling lost time injury is generally poorly reported. But actually, if you were to look at the lost time, and obviously the pain and suffering goes with that, but the lost time to a business and the cost to a business I describe it as the triangulation of all those three, the HR sickness absence, the occupational health insight, and the health and safety team's accident data, which is all reactive. Mm. But if you can get those three disparate, fragmented sets of incomplete data and actually get those three teams collaborating proactively and really start to take it forward and look at manual handling and ergonomics as a strategic theme, a strategic risk across the whole business, you actually start to find an opportunity. And not just then because you're reducing the risk and reducing the absence, you're improving employee engagement because you're now starting to proactively care and demonstrate your care for a business. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you're now on to avoiding a negative 
You don't want to get an improvement notice for a manual handling risk assessment. It's not being done. You've turned it into an opportunity to collaborate, to learn, to grow, to maybe, if you now have a new HR system, to get the IT department involved in adding a new functionality in there that's going to help you to capture some of this. And you're maybe getting your business intelligence team um, to start to give you some real insight and do some benchmarking on how were we last year, how are we when we implement the new HR system, and then what can we do for the future. Mm. You then got an opportunity to communicate internally within the business, this is what we're doing to support you because we care. You then got an opportunity to go on your social media and advertise externally and say, this is how much we care about our business. And then you start winning awards. And then all of a sudden, you're an employer of choice. And then you become a customer of choice. And you don't have to call it corporate social responsibility or risk. You call it being authentic and caring. Well, and blimey, I think, you know, as I, as we sort of reach the end of the conversation and, and I'm just sitting here reflecting, particularly on, you know, what you've just said in terms of, we started, you know, talking about risk management and yes, creativity in there. But actually what I'm taking away from this conversation are words like care, collaborate, connect, curious, learning, growth, all of those which feel very far removed from maybe an initial perception on what risk is. Um, yes. And it's, you know, it really, uh, you know, I find it fascinating just as, again, it's about perspective and how you view things and that just that shift in shift in perspective to see things in a more positive light that starts from a place of removing fear. And if you can remove that fear or create an environment where it's okay to talk about your fears and air them, then actually that opens up then this whole new way of working in a sense of care, collaborate and all those other words that you use. So yeah, yeah, definitely just reflecting on and coming back to your very first quote, what an apt quote in terms of, yeah, better to, to fail giving it a go than you know succeed you know or, or was it better to fail being creative rather than um you know succeed uh, from just copying or imitation um so yeah those are the sorts of things that i'm hearing um but as ever uh, i'm i'll invite you to kind of i suppose have the last word in the podcast um and i'm just curious you know what are the sort of what's the key message that given all that we've talked about um you know what what is it that you'd like to leave people with or you know, as something that's in that, that really is in the front of your mind um, as as we sort of finish the conversation and and you know move on to the rest of our days. Yeah, thank you. I think it's 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 embodying the I suppose the, the main hashtags that we use uh, within Red Laces. It's fresh thinking. It's different perspectives. It's all about people, risk, opportunity, and growth. If you take all those four hashtags together as as the themes that run through everything. And then what I say is if you act with integrity and you show empathy and you keep being curious, you'll be doing the right things and you'll demonstrate you care. Yeah. So that, and that, that, that in a nutshell is, is the Red Laces way. Fabulous. Well, I love those, I love that, Brett, those, those final things. Now, before we finish, though, I do have to, because um, we haven't been interrupted by your two lovely, lovely doggies. You did say earlier you don't have children, um, but you do have two lovely doggies, Ted and Maisie. So I felt like I needed to give them a bit of a mention because um, I know they've gone out they've gone out for a walk with your wife so they didn't bark and, and disturb but we've there's been a bit of a theme of, of dog through these podcasts so uh, so yeah I thought I, you, you know you said hello to my mum so I'll, I'll in return say hello to your two dogs <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, yeah and as, as I was saying I kind of been living vicariously through other people's dogs on zoom while while we've been in lockdown <laughs> so yeah it was good Absolutely. to meet them briefly earlier 
Um, but thank you ever so much for your time. Um, I've really enjoyed talking uh, risk management and uh, and reframing that. And I think that's that for me is what I will take away is, you know, how do we see things through a different lens? Um, and ultimately it comes back to people and caring for people um, and listening. I think that's a really key thing for me. Um, yeah. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Really enjoyed this. Thank you. You have been listening to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. My thanks again to my guest, Jonathan Dempsey, and also to you for listening. If you're curious to discover more about creativity in the world of risk, then you can visit the Red Laces website at www.redlaces.co.uk. Until the next time, take care.